What's up? This is Chad. This is Luca. We're from Necrot, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone. Sunny back here with another episode of Interview Under Fire. Luca and Chad. Thank you guys so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. A big month up ahead for you guys, you know, and and uh, Necrot, you know, with the release of Mortal coming out August 28th on Tank Crimes. Before we get to all that, I'm going to ask the most important question that's been overlooked. It's a very simple one. How are you? <laughs> Especially with today, you know, how have things been for you and the band as of late? And I, I guess uh, you guys are out in Oakland, California, right? Or yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. I mean, our lives are pretty much changed from March until to where we are now at the end of July. So how are you guys? How have things been? Well, things have been crazy. It's like, I mean, initially it's been really intense and kind of depressing because you slowly see everything falls apart. Like, you know, we had big plans to go on tour, do a bunch of cool shit, play. We were going to play like 80 shows in, in three, four months. And like, slowly wow. we saw everything getting canceled. We saw the album getting postponed. And like, so we were like, oh, you know, initially it was really heavy and like, um, depressing and like you know you're worried about the pandemic and all that shit and then eventually you adapt and then eventually you start thinking of like you know what i mean yeah this is the new reality like let's just make ourselves like you know let's let's focus on what's good let's focus on what can we do or like you know what i mean it's like it's really easy to 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 fall into like depression or like just being super bummed so it's like i think is the first the first phase was was hitting hard then you kind of start adapting and you start like, you know, coping with it or figure it out what, what to do in this time, waiting to get back to like, you know, playing shows. Chad, did you want to add to that? I mean, I've, I've just kind of would say the same thing. Uh, none of us were expecting this to happen. Um, we had our whole year pretty much planned out up until the beginning of September. And so it's been kind of crazy just having like, this much downtime because we're definitely not used to it. Like, I mean, for the past three years, we've just been going nonstop with tours and just, and playing shows like all the time and, and then writing for the album. So it's, it's kind of crazy. And um, I mean, I've just been keeping busy here in the meantime, I've uh, been practicing drums still. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose what I got. <laughs> well, well, does this, well, does this pandemic now, now that, you know, we're talking about like we're being at home for the last, what, four months or so now that mm -hmm. you're home, does it, does this pandemic open up new things for you guys personally and artistically that you may have not noticed about yourself before? Uh, not no. really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything yeah. is pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, like we, we were already doing our, 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 music and our hearts so it's like we, we yeah. already discovered we already discovered what we wanted to do or you know you know a lot, a lot of these artists i'm talking to they take up like uh like a new hobby like cooking you know or art or reading it's like oh, oh I man i never thought i would be doing this you know you know <laughs> and four months later after all this stuff like i didn't know i was doing podcasts you know back in march because i was telling luca that we usually do these in person but now mm -hmm. it's it's kind of just oh, I see. Almost, yeah, yeah. almost 100 of these and it's it's kind of just come second nature now you know it's it does give you know me and the artists you know a lot more it's it's more like an intimate setting that they discover i learn more about myself as much as i do for the artist so it's actually a really it's a really nice platform to have for artists like yourselves to voice opinions on everything that's going on in the world mm -hmm. and speaking of everything that's going on in the world necrod you guys have been touring you know nine years 
And you guys have been touring extensively, you know, with Pestilence and Exhumed, played with Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Immolation. I mean, the list goes on. Let me ask both of you, you know, Chad and Luca, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because you're talking culture, fans, even the food. There's just so many things to point out about the touring life. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Um, I mean, I definitely miss like playing shows and being out on the road, um, you know, for like, like a month, month and a half. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's really fun when you get in the groove of it. And um, I mean, besides that, like, I'm actually pretty happy for the break. <laughs> I'm happy to be at home for once because, like, I'm never here, man. I'm always, you know. And God, with your dog. Yeah, it's like I, I get to sleep in my own bed for, like, the first time and I don't know, a long, long time. So I mean, there are silver linings to all this. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to. I mean, the thing is that, like, from, from, tour, from tour, what you miss the most is the show. Yeah, yeah ultimately, that's ultimately what you miss. Like, you know, the, like, the thing is, it's like, there's a different energy when you're, when you're playing the show and you're performing and you're, you're getting the energy from the crowd. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I definitely would miss the show aspect of it. Um, but, you know. It's nice also don't being you, here and uh, don't you miss setting, setting up merch or running back into the van to get more excels of the hoodies under the rain? Yeah, don't you miss that? <laughs> right. And Luca, you played over a hundred shows, and you're also involved with a number of artists with like like Vastum and uh, Cephalix. Is it, did I yeah, say it's right? Felix, yeah. but like we, we yeah. don't do much, and and Chad is in Vastum too. But yeah. those bands don't keep us very busy besides uh, recording records. Like the number of shows we play in a year usually is like six. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like 10, yeah. 10, maybe. You know, it doesn't heads up a lot like to the, to the work that is mostly Necro. But like, you know, I say that like, uh, I mean, if, if, you, if you would say like, well, what you miss more about the show is like, uh -huh. uh, about the tours is like also being with your friends all the time. And not being in the same place every day because it's like then you get back to Auckland and you're like for me it was like I sincerely like uh, since uh, August last year that me and Chad left to go to Europe to play a show with Vastum and then we went to Australia and Japan with Necro then we did a full US then we were recording then we left to Mexico then we got back and we were quarantined I ended up not sleeping in my bed since from August of last year until like I don't know, recently that I, uh, until like a yeah. month ago, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I was out of my house for like 10 months. And then it's like, <laughs> then all of a sudden you're back at home and you're like, I don't fucking miss it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't give yeah. a shit about being here. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's kind of funny because sometimes when you're on tour, you're like, you miss the comfort because it's like being on tour is very uncomfortable. But then it's like, then you got the comfort, but then you're so fucking bored. <laughs> and there's a, there's a lifestyle to when it comes to touring, you're so used to it. There's some, you know, some of my friends, they tour over 200 days a year. And right. that's how they make their money. And it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. And now that you can't, you can't make money playing music, playing just a few shows, you know, yeah. nobody makes money off records that much, but like uh, literally it's like, depends. Like to, to me, it's also like, uh, when I'm not on tour, it's like, I'm Italian. So sometimes I go to Italy to see my family for a couple of weeks or a month. Or yeah. sometimes, you know, I'll travel somewhere else in between tours. So I wasn't really used to be stuck in Oakland for that much. I haven't been stuck there for that much in a while. And in fact, like three days ago, I came to Mexico. 
so I'm not in Oakland anymore. I just left because yeah. I can't be in too much in the same place. It starts getting on, on my nerves, especially if you can't do shit because right now you can't really do shit in Oakland. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, you're supposed to stay in, you're supposed to go out with a mask. You're supposed to like, you know, social distancing. All the bars are closed or all the venues are closed. All the public places that are a little more outdoor and nice, they're overcrowded with, with idiots without masks. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm. where do you go? You know what I mean? It's like, you're, you're stuck in your house most of the time. You walk to the store and you walk back. Once in a while, you have that few friends that you see keeping distance or whatever. You know what I mean? But life gets really shitty. You know what I mean? And we're yeah. people that are used to do a lot of things all the time. So now all of a sudden, like they pull the brakes on us. You know what I mean? Completely. Not just us. You know what I mean? Everybody. But like, so it's like, uh, I just got out. I, I took a plane and came to Mexico three, three days ago. And I'm, I'm going to be here for a little bit and then, and then come back when things get, get a little better. I mean, how are the travel, I mean, restrictions? I mean, is it, is it simple? Well, my Mexico, well, with a U.S. passport right now, you can pretty much only travel to Mexico and like okay. a couple, couple of places in Africa and like a couple of places in Eastern <laughs> Europe. And that's about it. You know what I mean? But traveling to Mexico was really easy also because the flight from California to Mexico is only like a little over a couple of hours. So it's I'll, not like, you know, yeah. flying to Europe that you got to fly for like 10 hours or more and then it gets stressful, like, you know. But, you know, you wear a mask, you wear a protection the whole time. You get to, from when you get to the airport to when you get out, you get out of the airport, you throw everything away and you change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and that's it. <laughs> it's kind of the same as taking the train or a metro or a bus during a pandemic. Speaking of traveling and uh I wanted to backtrack for a little bit because with the touring life and all, do you guys have, this is for both of you, do you guys have like a, a restaurant that comes to mind that your favorite one that you guys have been to? Like just, <laughs> on, on tour? Yeah, tour? yeah, yeah. What stands um, out the yeah. most when it comes to food? When, okay, the, when we go to San Diego, okay. when we go to San Diego, there's this, um, this the taco corner shop place? right. What's up? The corner place? What corner place? No, no, yeah, it keeps by brick no, by bricks. It's this taco shop that's right on the beach, and like oh, that you, one. Yeah, is it, you know is, what it I'm in, about. is it in is it in the ocean side? It's so good. It's it's near... I think it's Ocean Beach. Um, okay. And it's like it's like Mike's Taco Shop or something, but it's like right on the like beach, like in San Diego. Um, and I Mike's go to San Diego every year, so that's why I'm wondering because especially around the ocean side area. Yeah, it's like it's really, really good. They've got like these awesome like fish talk. Any seafood tacos are really, really good. Um, the tree. But I, I mean, that's like that's like the only thing I can really kind of think of because like we're always eating it somewhere different. Like, well, uh, I mean, wait, wait. But if you're asking worldwide, I mean, yeah, you, worldwide you, too. Even well, worldwide, we 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 must say it's something about that that seafood dinner we had in Porto, oh in Portugal. My God. <laughs> we, we, we were on like we were is that on a like good a, thing that was, dude that was it was epic. so fucking good and also it's like we were on a 36 day tour or something like that and that was our only day off after like wow 20 <laughs> or 24 days so we finally had a day off we drove all day to get to Porto and we went the, the guy who booked the, the, the show meet us and he was like I'm gonna take you to this restaurant he was like by the water or close to the water and it was just insane. Seafood, they were cooking it right there. It's all fresh. They had a grill outside. It was like amazing. One of the best fucking meal we had as a band for sure. How long ago was that? <laughs> a couple years of ago. years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2018. 
you know, a lot of these bands, you know, we're talking about staying at home and all, the experiences you just talked about, it's, it's what, it's part of it. It makes, it's a part of that element of touring. Now you guys have seen this for the last four months is live streaming. A lot of these bands we've seen, they've been taking whatever they're doing to Facebook live, Instagram live, Twitch, YouTube, whatever you want to call it. But I wanted to ask you guys, since you guys have been talking about touring so much, how that was a part of a Necrot. It's part of who Necrot is, you know, about the live experience, about how right. the live presence in front of the fans. All this live streaming we're seeing, it got me thinking, and this is a popular subject in my show, and I'd like to ask artists like yourselves, and there's no wrong answer to this, but do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now, is that going to affect the touring musicians, musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I mean, doing what? Yeah, it do, could doing be, live streams. Yeah, yeah. It could happen because oh. it's definitely easy to do, and you know, I'm sure it doesn't really cost that much to operate. But I mean, the thing is, it's like live shows are so important because there's so many people that work at the venues that are like losing their jobs right now because they can't host these shows, they can't work at these venues. So I think. You know, while live streaming is cool and everything and, and works for some bands, it doesn't work for every band and it doesn't work for everybody who's involved in the industry because it's like the bands want to play in a live setting because it's cooler that way. And it, it, it's also like the way that some music is meant to be heard, but also it's just it's like, you know, you, you got to think of the people that are behind the scenes that are working at the clubs, helping this even happen. So I think I think it's important you know, that live shows continue or, or restart. Or yeah, restart, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have the option to mosh in my own room if I want to. That's great and all, but it's, but you know. I mean, that's not great. That's not great, man. <laughs> for, maybe, for, maybe for one show or something like that. And they were doing this, uh, I, I believe. So we had, we had uh, guests like Nilo from Insomnium was on their show. And he was talking about how they were one of the first bands to take the initiative to do the live streaming. I believe they sold virtual tickets to the, well this, is, well, this is what we really think. We don't yeah. like. We don't. We we wouldn't do one sincerely. It's like the 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 live experience of being in front of your crowd and playing live and it's loud as fuck. I don't want someone to be able to turn down his phone and listen to it quietly. It's like what what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? It's like we are not we are not gonna do it unless unless a few years go by and there is really no going back to any fucking anything. Then it's like okay, it's our only option for real. But until then, it's like. I don't want to give a 20% experience to the people because that's what they will get. Because it's like, it's the same as watching anything on your phone rather than watching it in person. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's like, there's no wrong answer. It's different if I see- It's like, it's, it's like fucking or watching porn. <laughs> I think this is the second time I had, I, had a, I had a porn reference on my show about live streaming. <laughs> but that, you made a really good point it's different if i see you guys on the stage as opposed to seeing you guys on the screen it is absolutely we and then pretty scary I, I, person. I, I, I love it and I, I we had we had jennifer from beyond the black on our show and she was talking about i don't know if you guys saw this in germany they had the show where they did you see this i thought it was a meme like there there were cars on the, the driving on shows? the field yeah and they're performing for the for the fans it was very unorthodox like it's not it's not something you think of but but it, they did it and i don't, I don't know, know man to me it's like you know it's like to me there is something it's like if you have been lazy and you never wanted to go that much on tour now is your chance to be like oh i'm gonna do all this alternative cool shit you know what i mean 
And he's like, that's not the point. To me, it's like, if you want to do a band and you want to do it seriously, you got to hit the road. You got to play in front of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, to me, this is a gateway for a lot of people to, to be like, oh, now we can do some shit too. And he's like, okay, do it. You know what I mean? I stick with my guns. I stick with what I know. You know what I mean? And as soon as I can, I'm going to get back and play in front of people. You know? Yeah. Also and, uh, for the reason that Chad said. You know what I mean? It's like by bringing your show on the road, you give uh, also like independent venues the, 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 the chance to have a great night where lots of people show up or the bartender are making great tips where the security is getting paid, where everybody's walking around it and having a good time. You know what I mean? It's like you do a live stream and you're like, what? What's your channel? And once again, what, YouTube? What's your channel? Another corporation? What? Aren't we already mm. throwing everything on Spotify? It's like I, I, it's, people don't even buy records anymore because they can listen to your shit for free. Paying a yeah. subscription to a multi-billion dollar fucking company. You know yeah, what I mean? And the artist the gets artist screwed anything. all the fucking time. Or barely yeah. anything. You know what I mean? Every time they listen to one of our songs, we got, we got 0. 0.00000 something. You know what I mean? So it's like, let, we, I don't want to give them the shows too. Live shows is the only fucking thing artists can still do to survive. And it's like, well, they're going to create platforms for us to do the live streaming where people pay a subscription to see all the bands they want for free every month. And then they can give the artist, what, a little bit of money so they can buy a bowl of rice and keep going. <laughs> Fuck Five dollars. Five dollars. I think footlongs are five dollars again. So. Right? You go to Subway and you pick up your check. <laughs> and a foot long a complimentary foot long <laughs> in your you know, ass <laughs> you know another, another thing to point out is the you know another thing with live streaming no live streaming just live shows in general venues that's a very important thing because venues are getting shut down there's a very popular venue here in dallas called gas monkey live i don't know if you guys have actually performed at that venue but that just got shut down and that's one of our oh, most popular wow. venues when it comes to bringing talented musicians such as yourselves into our city and another thing is like oversaturation of the field. Like when all this is over, some bands are going to get lucky and some won't. Luca, you were talking about this in another interview recently about how booking shows, the bigger bands are going to be able to get in first, you know? And then like Absolutely. smaller bands and like the local bands, it's going to be harder for them. And I think it's just more important for the fans to give those bands who are struggling and who are upcoming and in my opinion, even more talented. I mean, you know, the, the reason is not that much because you're like, oh, you should support whatever band you like. You know what I mean? Of course, you yeah. love the Foo Fighters. I'm not going to point a gun in your hand and tell you buy a macro <laughs> album. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if you stop supporting the Foo Fighters, they're still going to exist and they're still going to kill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, start, if you stop supporting the medium and small bands, medium and small bands are not going to exist anymore. As simple as that, because nobody will be able to start a band, will be able to take it seriously. You know what I mean? So it's like when you think of like uh, a small group, a minority, uh, a weaker group that gets affected negatively by something that is happening, we end up all losing by it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We all end up losing by it. And it's like, you know, the medium small bands, they might like the like the venues, the smaller independent venues, they're gonna shut down. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like you know, like smaller bands that are eventually not gonna be able to continue playing. And to it's me, like, because it's like because like if you can't afford going on tour and make the money to survive, you're gonna have to go back to find a job. You're gonna eventually have to move to another city because you can't afford where you live anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like it's important for people to take a little consciousness and like be like, okay, I'm gonna go buy the record of this medium small band instead of just listening 
to it on Spotify every day for free. And eventually I'm not going to go buy the new, uh, whatever, Metallica album because they don't fucking need the money and I'm going to listen to that band on Spotify all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have, a, I, I have a stack of just new albums that came out. I already pre-ordered yours, by the way. And I still buy records. I still buy records. I, I'm always part of the physical product because when it comes to just the liner notes, the album out, artwork, everything in between, a lot of, a lot of hard work is put into like a, a jewel case getting sent out to the fans. And I just don't think a lot of people understand that, especially nowadays where it's just easily accessible to just a snap of a finger and the artists don't get anything, you know? And I think it's, if they don't, can't, they can't perform live, at least show them something, show the art. If you want to listen to this artist, support them in a way that they can actually continue to do so. I mean, that as simple as that sounds, no that, that's cool man that's nice that you that you put that thought behind it you know i mean lots of people live their life way more superficially than that yeah um i promise we we're going to talk about mortal next i know we've covered so many topics but your second album mortal is set to come out august 28th i i can't you know i, I listen to the album it's been on repeat for me for the last week or so uh coming out on tank crimes records and you guys went into the studio in january correct earlier this year yeah did you guys know anything about what was happening with the virus, uh, so to speak? You know, I know in December there were whispers about no it. No, while like, recording. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it, yeah. I heard a little bit like, you know, in January, because that's when it was like actually starting to be reported. Uh -huh. But it was it was only in China. That's where it right. was being reported. It was it, it hadn't it hadn't, you know, crossed oceans or anything. So, you know. There, there, yeah. You know, it was, you weren't chirping about it. It was like, no, it's far away. It's not going to, you know, hopefully it'll be contained and it won't come here. But. Yeah, I, I, nobody, I, ex I, nobody I, expected to show up globally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because they, they, they had pandemics before, you know what I mean? And it's like they were always able to control it and, and keep it in their country. Yeah, if you were talking about the Spanish flu, like that was like 100 years ago. And well, now if you want to fast forward to now, the times are different, obviously, but... But, you know, there's no protocol for, like, a pandemic. It's like, okay, we're going to release Mortal at this time. Here's what happens if there's a pandemic. You know, it's, it's not like you know what to do. And, and there's so many bands. And I believe you guys did move your release date. We did. A couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Almost three months because it was going to be beginning of June and ended up being the end of August. Did the pandemic have something to do with that? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we, we're going to be starting a tour. Like, we're going to be, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like two weeks into a tour before the album had come out. So we were just going to be playing a bunch of shows. We had shows lined up with Bloodbath. And basically, like, I think I think it was like the one of the first or second nights of that tour is when the album was going to come out. So it was going to be like, we we're going to have all the copies and we we're going to oh, have man. all the merch yeah. and everything was going to be ready for it. But then it hit and everything got shut down and we had to stop. And we were just sort of like, well... You know, if, if we're able to tour, we, you know, we'll just push it back a little bit. And then ultimately, when there was no sort of end in sight, when it, we, we just all decided, like, yeah, no, we have to, we have to get it out immediately. <laughs> it's, like, better, better to get it out sooner than later, because who knows what's going to happen in a month from now. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a challenge when it comes to doing something like this. And, and you guys are, along with so many other bands who had to push the release dates further, you know, and it's, it's affecting everybody. Yeah, yeah, also, no. it's like, you know, right, you want it to be out at one point, because what if everybody fucking dies, then nobody listens to the record? 
<laughs> then you have to give it out for free. <laughs> I love Luca's explanation. His explanation is so simple, but it, it's it, but it's it's true. And Luca, I know you wrote did you you wrote everything for the, for Immortal, correct? Yeah, not 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 the solos or like you know not not all the drum parts, but like as, all the as, riffs. Yes. Yeah, as, what about and the, the lyrics? Lyrics. Now, does it help someone like yourself? You know, including you, Chad, who's been with multiple acts like Vastum and Acephalix. Uh, Having that experience, does it help you bring in different elements to Necrot sound? Or does something like that even matter to you? Not Say the question again. Like, oh, being, a, yeah, being involved with different bands, does it help with Necron sound? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me at least, like, just from, um, you know, from all the experience of playing with a bunch of different bands and, and touring for years, it's like, it's definitely like made my playing way better and more tight. And um, you can definitely hear it on this album. I mean, I feel like the last few albums I've done um, since Blood Offerings have definitely shown like an improvement of my drumming, even though it wasn't like good or anything, you know, it's not like it was bad, but yeah. I'm just saying like, it definitely, it helps to play with a bunch of different bands and then you can bring that experience to, you know, bands that you're currently with. And you're, I don't know, I think it just, it shows it, it definitely shows uh, performance uh, improvement. <laughs> yeah, and then you did, I, I think you guys had also said this was a continuation from the last record. And it was about a song's first lyrics next. Is that is that the same process you guys used? For no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always do music first, lyrics after. Is Was there anything... What about the challenges did you face this time around that Necrot may have well, to me it was like, with blood you know, offerings? I'm telling, I'm telling you, like, like uh, is ab uh, absurdly, this album was supposed to be way more challenging and way harder because every time you put out something that is super well received, your goal is to top it, is to do better. You know what I mean? Right. If you do, if you do worse, you fail. As easy as that. So it's like, you have that pressure, you know what I mean? Of like when, when we put out blood offerings, we had the following in the underground for sure. You know what I mean? But we did not have that pressure from the labyrinth that was our demo collection mm -hmm. to our first full length, that pressure of being like, oh, you know what I mean? It gotta be better than what came out before because it was obviously gonna be better because after the demos, we found finally concentrating on a full album instead of three separate. You know what I mean? It was like an easier process, but then when you got something good out, you wanna do something better. That seems like more challenging, which in a way could have been, but like at the same time between Blood Offerings and Mortal, we played over 300 shows. We played with like huge bands that they're like super sick. And like we've played with like um, in like bigger venues with more pressure. We got so much more confident with ourselves, with our instruments, with each other as a band. You know what I mean? So then when I came to the time to write Mortal, it's like, it was great because it's like we were more confident, we were more ready. And in my mind, I was like, I already knew what I wanted to do better from Blood Offerings. You know what I mean? Because after listening to Blood Offerings and playing those songs live for years, I knew what, what was that needed to be done more. It's like, what do we need more from Blood Offerings? Or what do we need less, for example? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or even just like the sound. But like overall, we're like better player, players. So we played better on the album, on this Mortal album. And like, uh, and I think just like we, I just think is a is a more complete album, and I think is uh, 
it's just the fact that like you know we had that pressure to do good but we also had that confidence that we could do it and do it right and i think that this combination of two things like pressure and confidence mm-hmm. is what makes for great things because not enough pressure you slack you know what i mean too much pressure you lose it if you're not <laughs> confident enough you feel me so it's like i think yeah. that, that that combination was, was the exact what we needed to do something great especially when you talking about doing over 300 shows like in the last what three four three years you know after three years yeah three years yeah you know blood offerings mm-hmm. came out you talk talk about the fan base you know you you're gaining that following not only are you gaining the confidence but you're getting that following of especially touring with the bigger bands i believe that should be an element that expands necrot sound to a different audience that may not have reached out before right totally and, and also i mean it's like you know we got to watch morbid angel play every night for a month we got to watch oh, yeah. cannibal course play for a month every night we got to watch suffocation play for 40 days in a row we got to watch exhumed we got to, you know what i mean we got to watch all these great bands and be in close contact with them and it's like when you're playing with the best bands of your generals like you know i forgot immolation you know what i mean yeah. it's like you you have a goal now now you know where the bar is at you know what i mean now you do know it because before eventually i've seen morbid angel once in my life or immolation once before cannibal corpse even just once before i toured with them and now i've seen it like <laughs> 30 40 times and you're like every night you're watching from stage or watching close or far or anyway you see how they get prepared to the show you see their sound check you see how they leave on tour and it's like you learn because these people have been doing it for so long. And, and really, it's like, these are the best acts that, 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 that you can ask for. You know, even Black Dahlia Murder, even when we tour with Black Dahlia Murder, that is like a band that is like not playing the same style as we do. They're so professional. They're so tight. They have such an endurance because it's like their set is really long and really fast and is always on point. You know what I mean? And it's like, these people set the bar really high for you because you're right there on tour with them. And we are yeah. not going on tour with anybody to sound any less than anybody. You know what I mean? When we get on stage, our goal is to be like right there, better than everybody, every fucking night. That's what we want. It doesn't matter who we're playing with. So you learn, you learn by it. You learn a lot. One thing is like, you know, in 2015, we will play with all underground bands and, and be the heavier, cooler band. And that's easy. You get comfortable in that. You know what I mean? Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you have to challenge yourself. That's why you got to hit the road. It's like you don't really know what tour is until you do a U.S. tour in fucking January or February through the snow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I also want to <laughs> you know, like bring up something, too. It's like all these big bands that, you know, like people see them as they're the biggest bands. They're, you know, a lot of the times they, you know, they're still DIY, too. I mean, Black Dahlia Murder, like Luca was talking about, they're super professional. They barely have a crew. Like they have a light and sound person, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then they load... They do all their stuff. I mean, they have a merch person, but they, you know, they do, they're all loading. Like a lot of the bands, you know, just sleep in their vans. They barely ever get hotels. Like, you know, a lot of the bands still work really hard, even though they're at the top because it's like, you know, it's, it's not it's like death metal. <laughs> right. It's yeah. not People are making a bunch of money off of death metal and any kind of death metal too. It's like people still have to really work hard to make sick music. And it's like definitely inspiring because it's like, you know, they're just working as hard. They're working just as hard as you are. And, you know, they're still killing it. And it's it's definitely cool to, you know, kind of relate to that. You, you know, you're not just like the only ones out there 
living like this. Yeah, I feel like it really broadens your perspective as a musician. And, you know, both of my brothers are musicians they, and they toured, you know, with their local bands up in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Dallas. And another thing about these bands that we mentioned, yeah, they're big, but they've been where you guys are at too, you know, you know, and they were in the underground scene before they got to where they want to get. And I feel like, totally true. And I feel like it's a really, really nice, uh, like a learning tool, not, not only touring with them, but making relationships with them. And I think it's just as important when it comes to touring because you, you build well, that and, and Another thing that was great about touring with, with these bands is that like lots of them, they seen in us what they used to be. You know what I mean? That's cool. Totally. I never heard this from guys in Cannibal Corpse. I've heard this from Steve Tucker multiple times. So like, and all wow. of a sudden or, or like you, you become like, um, like, you know, I, I was writing to Steve Tucker like a week ago and he was like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Or, or Hobbs from Suffocation or like, you know what I mean? And these are guys that like a year or two ago for us would be like, you know, well, unthinkable. Like, you know what I mean? That you could become somewhat a uh, friend with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead, they're all, they're all really down to hard people. And it's like there is an immediate connection because they see in us what they used to be. And we see in them what we want to be. You know what I mean? And then so it's mo like there is a connection immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then moving forward, let's let I mean, let's say you get to where you want to get. And I mean, I don't doubt that at all. Talk about the bands that you guys are gonna be like touring with that are below you and they wanna look up to you as you know, an influence, as as an inspiration. I believe the inspiration goes back and forth between the bands, no matter how big or how small. As long as you guys can do the passion for what you wanna do, I think that's that's it, totally, you know, totally, it's, it's totally. a great also thing to because have. It's like you're right. Also, because like some of these bands, sometimes they're just playing big festivals or like they're playing packages tour with band that band, opening bands that don't even make any sense with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eventually, there'll be the two big, the two big names, and then there is like a metalcore band, a Slipknot sounding band, and like you know what I mean, whatever the fuck is going on. But like one of those weird, like you know, yeah, you know yeah. the big, you know of the course, big labels, of course. they got a bunch of weird fucking bands on it that you don't. Need you got to throw one in there somewhere, you know. You got to throw one in there. Anyway, so it's like for them too. It was like they were stoked because it's like you know the decibel tour. It was uh, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel. It was us, and it was Blood Incantation. You know what I mean? And then it was Immolation instead yeah. of Cannibal Corpse. Right. But like it was all like you know for them it was great for them it was great too it wasn't just great for us because they were like oh fuck yeah we don't have to listen to a bunch of fucking weird bands before we get on stage you know what i mean <laughs> they know that they're not fucking stupid you know what i mean <laughs> it's like they know that sometimes on the you know the big bands don't decide who goes on tour with them they might get to they, get, they might get a say sometimes you know what i mean but you know, ultimately, you play. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right for real so I got one more so question it, for Mortal here. Uh, look, go ahead, go ahead and finish up, Luca. What, what were we gonna say? Nothing. I was just gonna repeat myself. <laughs> I do that. I, I talk about. I, I repeat okay. myself. I'm, like, I'm gonna tell you again and again until you until you don't even remember what I'm saying. It is interview under fire, so anything goes here. You guys did uh, release, you know, "Asleep Forever" and "Stench of Decay" as the singles for Mortal. Was there a theme to Mortal? And to what level do you guys like to have themes for your records? And how important are themes to you? Is that more helping about? helping you guys write or sound or is that more like for subjects? the audience? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or is that more for the audience? Yeah. You know, cause a lot of artists don't really care about teams themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it, which is fine. Mm. But I feel like you guys had a specific theme. You guys wanted to get out to the audience, especially for the fans and for the listeners out there. Well, mortal is very much like, you know, the teams are similar to blood offerings in a way. Uh -huh. I mean, to me it's like the teams are mostly like social injustice and the, um, you know, 
the traumas that causes on people, the traumas that people causes on each other, the fact that like, you know, the, the, just the hardship of, of, of being alive on a planet where you're not even supposed to know what the fuck you're doing here. You know what I mean? And not only that, it's like, you know what I mean? People are driven by like uh, uh, passion and they want money, they want material things, they want certain, everybody wants certain things for themselves and they set their own bar of what's the limit of fucked up shit that they will do together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we all have a different bar, but we all have to live together. And at the same time, it's like mortal is like, uh, to me, it's like, it's like it's, the lyrical themes are always like, you know, somewhat more crusty in a sense of political lyrics and somewhat uh, more philosophical death metal, which it talks about like, you know, life and mental craziness and like, you know, everything that life makes you face and like the condition of being alive. But also at the same time, mortal for me has always been important. Like the, the, the concept of mortality as a positive thing, as the ultimate justice that you get at the end of your life for everybody. That is the same for everybody. And it's not just dying at the end of your life. It's also like, you know, let things go. That's why being mortal and understanding is really important to navigate through life. Because it's like, if you get too attached to the things that you have and the things that you do and you people that you have next to you, mm-hmm. you're always going to be vulnerable to a lot of suffering. You know what I mean? If you accept the fact that everything is going to be gone one day or another, sometimes through your life, sometimes at the end of your life, it's like you accept that and you live your life more looking at every day, like his own reality. And it's like, you know what I mean? That's why it's like, it's important to even like right now with the pandemic, you know, I mean, so much people lost their jobs. So lots of people have even lost their, their wife or husband. You know what I mean? Lots of people have been divorcing and separating. And, yeah. Family you know issues I mean? are and everywhere. And people, you, you know, during this pandemic has been losing their house or has been losing their job and they had to reinvent themselves. And it's like, you know, people often leave like, like they're going to live forever. Like what they gained they're always going to have it because they put so much work to get there. You know what I mean? And it would be such an injustice to lose it. And you're like, don't you know where we are? It's like injustice is at the base of this world. It's like, you know, you live a comfortable life because other people are suffering because we don't get all this comfort for free. It's like, you know what I mean? We live in a country that based most of its economy in the war machine. You know what I mean? And lots of your tax money go towards buying fucking weapons to kill soldiers and civilians and destroy cities you know what i mean so to me it's like you know people feel entitled of their happiness they feel entitled to what they own they feel entitled of their relationship their house their job and it's like you know this life can take that away from you and it's like you always need to remember that so you don't get so mad you know what i mean it's like you are gonna lose everything And, and inevitably either today or later you will there's no fucking way to keep it you know what i mean it's like, what is something like, you know, I could go out, get run over by a car, lose an arm and never play my bass again. You know what I mean? That's it. You know what I mean? I'm going to have yeah. to reinvent myself if that happens. I'm going to have to start enjoying other things. You know what I mean? It's like, you always have to be prepared and to die. Always be ready to die. You know what I mean? Always. And mortal is a lot about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, that's not what makes us human too. Did you want to add to that chat or? I was just going to say most of most of the lyrics and the themes of Necrot have always been what, you know, they've always followed what Luca was just talking about, how, mm-hmm. you know, life, life is fragile and, 
and you know everything that we go through with each other it's it's definitely like i don't know it's very important to acknowledge all that and to um I don't know, just be, just, you know, don't take it for granted and also just accept that, you know, you are going to die at some point and everything is going to burn, whether you, you know, you try to hold on to it as long as possible or not. So, yeah, no, that's all I was going to add on to is just, you know, we, we don't talk about, you know, stupid fantasy shit, you know, stuff that doesn't mean anything because it's like, that's not what our life is about and that's not what we live. I mean, we all, you know, we're very realistic when it comes to, you know, the lyrics, at least when Luca's writing them, I, I mean, I haven't, I've, I'm, I'm bad, but I haven't really helped much since uh, the first demo <laughs> writing any lyrics, even though I say, yeah, I'll help. I'll help. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I'm going to add a fan yeah. to this, I'm going to say, Chad, you just keep doing what you're doing on, on, on the, no, on the back on the stage. Cause you're, you're one of the, <laughs> To me, to me, you're one of the best drummers in the game, and I think you're. Oh, thank you. Doing, you're doing just as much as as Luca is, and so to speak. Well, you know, I don't want you to think that like, oh, I'm not well, doing anything. You are. You're doing a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, <laughs> well, I mean, one I, thing I would. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I, I mean, I like helping write lyrics and stuff. I've done it with other bands, and, and it's just like you know, with uh, it. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. You just think, oh yeah, I'll I'll do it, and then you you just don't <laughs> do it, <laughs> and then you just think about it like, oh man, what if? But maybe <laughs> next album next album <laughs> now you got the time so there we go yeah yeah another thing i want to add as far as like my our lyrics is like uh some people perceive them as negative but to me they're positive so yeah, i that. think so too. <laughs> mm. to me it's like you know what i mean the comfort of that is not like the the, the fear of that or the the comfort of saying things how they are, you know what I mean? Of accepting reality. You know what I mean? To me, it's like this helps. To me, it's not like uh, negative lyrics. Like, you know, a normal person that doesn't listen to metal, that does not find comfort in obscurity and like, you know, dark stuff, will read the lyrics and be like, oh, this is a bunch of negative shit. Of course. But I know that people like us will understand it, you know, and they, uh, they do understand. Now, now, here's the thing about metal. What I love about our genre is i call it our genre the, the, like the the genre is is how <laughs> the, metal the. <laughs> is how metal metal embraces what human like that what society often denies and it's talking about death life you know gojira they're one of the most like prominent bands out there and they talk about environmentalism you know and it's it's just as important as luca talking about death because it goes hand in hand and so many metal artists like and that just the talent is through the roof such as yourselves and just the lyrical content obviously can just be overlooked like that because the word death blood you know mortal like it's like oh no this is no i'm gonna yeah go people to people don't want to think about it because they, they don't want to think about what they don't know you know what i mean it's scary right and <laughs> and now on top of that there's no way i wasn't going to talk about this in this interview you know it was coming metal versus racism people don't want to talk about that I want to talk about this because it's very important. And where did the inspiration or motivation come from for you to start a movement like this? Because the first episode, I believe it was June 17th uh, when you guys. I, th I, think that, I think that like the idea came to me because of touring with all these bands. Because it's like every time I go on tour with a band that I don't know, like Cannibal Corpse or Morbid Angel, you know, I'm, I'm like, I hope they're not a bunch of racist assholes. You know what I mean? 
and they're not. I shouldn't be laughing, but no, no, but it's true. That, that but it's like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like I'm like, I hope, uh, well, let's hope. Let, you know, we gotta be on the road for a month with these people. Let's cross our fingers, you know. And it's like, and it never happens. Almost never happens, you know. What I mean, because it's like people in bands, people in the metal extreme scene, lot, lot, people that goes on tour mm-hmm. have been all over the world. We have been in contact with all kinds of people, all kinds of reality, and we have had the same great time playing in Mexico City that we had playing in Norway. Maybe we had a better time in Mexico City. But that was not the point. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be for a different interview. <laughs> that's for a different interview. But that's unrelated. But like, uh, what I'm saying is that it's like lots of the musicians are super open-minded people. 99% yeah. of people that go on tour, even if they're playing super satanic music, you'll meet them and they're smoking weed and talking about like, you know, their, their, their gay friend party, you know, whatever, you know, they're super yeah. open-minded people. And it's like, sometimes like you get fans that they perceive you as this like, you know, heavy person and they think that you're an intolerant asshole. So eventually you'll, you'll have a, even a, f- a fan that comes to you and, and, and say certain things. And you're like, do you know who you're fucking talking with? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, to me, the idea came from like, initially I was like, feeling powerless for everything that was happening because it's like, you right. know, we went, to, we went to some of the demonstrations and whatnot and you're doing things online, you're sharing shit on your Instagram, whatever, but you're like, how can I do something in my little world? You know what I mean? My little world is the metal world, is the metal community because I go around the world playing in front of metal heads. So I'm like, how can I talk with these people? You know what I mean? So I, I wrote to um, Eric, Wagner from uh, Gay Creeper. You know, of course I wrote yeah. to Chad and Sonny and Scotty because we have a group chat, we talk every day. So I was like, hey guys, I had this idea. And then I was like, oh, I need to find someone who can help me. And we just came back from the tour with Gay Creeper and Exhum and like, uh, we became really good friends with Eric because he, he's badass, the guitar player. And like, uh, so I wrote to Eric because I saw he was really involved on the internet, you know, with political stuff. So I told him, I was like, hey, I had this idea. Help me out. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, uh, I wrote a message, a prefixed message to send to band people and whatever to, to get people involved. And I knew that Eric has toured with a lot of bands too. So we were like, you know, let, let's send it out. Let's tell people to send it to more people. I created an email where we could receive these videos. You know what I mean? And then we kept talking about the project and then we, we, we collected enough videos and we started putting them up. And then we were like, oh, we need to, you know, now that we got the attention, let's, let's involve actually, like some, let's put some content inside of this. You know what I mean? Now that we have shown that like, now that we're, the, the first intent was like, let's show the fans that the musicians that they like are not like that. That their ideas that they're getting, they're wrong. And then uh, the second step was like, let's put some content into it. And it's like the only way to put content in was like to have people of color talking on our platform. Because it's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I know as much as you do. I, I've learned more now that I've started this project by listening and learning. But it's like, I wasn't born, um, I wasn't born black. So it's like, I don't know what you go through if you're a person of color from when you're born and you're going to middle school and you're going to high school and you're going, you know what I mean? You're going through a lot for sure. You know what I mean? On a... Yeah. I'm sure on, on, on a weekly basis, you know what I mean? And it's like, and then you're like trying to find like, you know, relief. Like, you know, metal community punk is like, you know, everybody goes there. Like we, we all fall there because we didn't We're like outcasts. society. We're outcasts. Yeah. So it's like, how can you know 
make feel comfortable all the outcasts here. You know what I mean? Or everybody who wants to find comfort in heavy music and in metal and go there and, you know, fucking go nuts and break everything and get, get all the anger that you have inside because this war doesn't fucking get us. You know what I mean? So it's like, how can we make it a welcoming places for, for, uh, for black people, for people of color, for, uh, for transgenders? Just, for, just for, a for, human being. Human being, any, any size, any gender, any color, any whatever the fuck. is like metal is for everybody. It's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, in metal, there has been this problem. You know, and if people negate, say that it's not true, it's because it, the people that say that this problem doesn't exist are the same people that don't acknowledge any problem that doesn't affect them. Or maybe, you know what I mean? or maybe they have not even experienced what it's like to be. No, of course, of you know, course, like, they can. Like, if, like for if me, if you're a six, if you're a six four, if you're a six feet tall white dude, you're never gonna know what it means to be discriminated for being a woman or for being black or for being, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, us, you know, I'm, I'm, you I'm from yeah. I'm from Bangladesh, you know. So and there you go. after nine eleven, like right after nine eleven, I moved to the most. It, it, it was a very white dominated middle school and I was, and it was my first day there and it was just, I mean, I felt like I was in a whole new world, you know, and, and I don't mean that. And he wasn't, and you weren't liking it. <laughs> no, it was not, it was not fun because, you know, after 9-11, of course, how did they view us, you know, as the stereotypical, oh, you're a, you're a terrorist or, you know, just, just, they labeled us as that. And it, and it was and still today, you know, and we still get. It's awful. Thing. Right. You know, and then when I show up at a metal concert, I, I'm still the only brown guy there, you know, and and majority is, is, is a, is a, you know, a different race. And they see me like, who's this guy? Like, why is he? And eventually, and eventually, and eventually, and eventually, tell me if I'm wrong. Have you ever been in a group of people at a, at a metal show and someone made a racist joke and you eventually were right there and you didn't even feel like saying anything because you're just trying to belonging into fucking something. Right? Yeah. As it happened to you. Yeah, all the time. And that's awful. That's fucking awful. And I, you know, I don't have like, you know, I don't think that we can change the world. Like me, you, Chad, or, you know, the metal heads can change the world. But we can change our little world. You know what I mean? We can change our, the shows, the metal community, for everybody yeah. to feel comfortable. So then when someone says stupid shit, gets called out, gets called out multiple times, gets called out every fucking time, he does it until he stops. And maybe he stops and think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't make racist jokes because now I'm the one who's not getting accepted. And I think you're doing a great thing here with this metal versus racism movement because, and we've said it before already, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it's... No, nobody, I do no, the same. No, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about this being a thing. It's a thing. It happens every day. We live it like I'm seeing it every day. I, I wake up, you know, and... Just to be blessed to actually ha live in a house and be, being able to do what I'm doing, starting this publication two years ago, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a passion for what I have. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's uh, almost setting an example for other, you know, people of color to do what you guys are doing and maybe even what I'm doing, you know, working together. But you know, you know what, these, these, these thematics have been denounced by other bands, bands that people respect. Like, you know, mm -hmm. Chuck Schulner, Death, this was come to my mind is like, um, some lyrics is like, how easy is to deny the pain of someone else's suffering? That's from, that's from human. Yes. That's you a, know what I mean? How easy, how, easy is to, how easy is to deny the pain of someone else's suffering? It's like, you know what I mean? How easy is to say for a white dude or white lady to be like, 
racism in metal doesn't exist because that's not their suffering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Chuck Schulner, I've been trying to tell you, you haven't been listening. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like metal has, has been denouncing these kind of things. Like not all the bands, but there has been bands that are super respected that they talk about this, these dynamics. You know what I mean? And they don't talk it in a like super direct way. But even us with Necro, our lyrics, we're not like talking about, uh, we're not doing a political convention while we sing our lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, if you go and listen and see some bands, they have been bringing this shit up, fucking Sepultura. You know what I mean? And it's like, people, bands that everybody fucking loves. And it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, is, it is really upsetting. No, but it's... we are not alone. You know what I mean? We're not alone. We got, we got bunch of you we got a bunch of people on our side man. yeah and it's and it's going to be growing I, I i think you're just you're doing a, you guys are doing a great thing with this movement here now within metal versus racism there's past the mic what is that well past the mic was you, like, have the, you have the episodes but then you have uh like past the the mic. Mic episode one two three yeah that's, that, that's basically is like uh past the mic is like you, you don't need to be part of a band of a metal band to participate in past the mic past the mic is like is like people of color passing the mic to each other to I would love express. to do that. Dude, go for it. Yes. Uh, we'll talk in private. I'll tell you. I'll tell That'd you. Be, that would it. be great. <laughs> it is both like, you know what I mean? To, to us, it's always feel like pass the mic. The name, it was Scotty from Tenkrans who came up with the name of it because we were like, oh, we need to do this other thing, you know, this, this um, in parallel. And it was like, what are we going to talk? Uh, what are we going to call it? And it was like, pass the mic. It was both, both like the bands passing the mic to the, you know, to the fans. Yeah. Great. And, also then, and then also then the fans passing the mic to each other so that, that that's where the name came up yeah yeah that's a that's a great idea i love that you have that within that because i was wondering what that was and that's that'd be a great idea to do you're welcome to do it brother <laughs> man so <laughs> we've covered so many topics you know from touring to the new new record which is an absolute blazer to me i think it's one of the sleeper hits of the year if no one's even talking about it at this point and I can't wait for it to come out. We're already like a month. Well, no, 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 nobody's heard it yet. <laughs> I've heard it. I, and I, and I can vouch. I can vouch. It's, it's one of the, one of the best I've heard this year. And you, you, we've heard bands like Testament and Lamb of God release their records, but then you guys, you guys are really making a staple for the name that you guys have. And, you know, just the presence that you guys have in the metal community. And it's even getting bigger just with this movement all on metal versus racism. And it's a big year for you guys, you know? Yeah. But that, probably not. That, that was, that was never the reason why we started that. And it also is like metal versus racism. It's, done, it's something that we started, but it's something that has got and evolved. Thanks to so many people from different bands getting involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm not at the office working metal versus racism like you know we are not the head center you know what i mean it's like we started it and we got this ball rolling and then people were like people wrote me and they were like oh i, want, I have this idea let's do this too and i'm like fuck yeah let's do it like you know you started you work on it let me know how's it going you know what i mean and like more people were like some people from seattle were like we're gonna start our own uh, metal versus racism seattle and we made the logo available like you know use use the logo you know what i mean make it yours we want something, this to be everybody's. This is not uh, Necra. You know what I mean? We are part yeah. of it as anybody else who wants to participate equally. Man, right on. I, I, I hope this continues and I hope it just catches on more and more people as time goes on. Who knows how long this will go on for. Now, moving forward. Totally. You know, yeah, moving forward. You know, like I said, we covered so many topics and we're approaching the end of this interview, unfortunately. But I wanted to ask if Necra would ever pair up with someone, this is kind of, we're switching gears here, but if it was up to you guys and if you wanted to pair up with collaborate with another artist that you haven't with already, who would it be? 
It doesn't have to be metal either. Any artist. Collaborating to doing what? Just a song or an album or something. Um, dang, I don't know. I mean, so many bands. I get, <laughs> I, I, I get, I get I so mean, many, many different artists. answers. I think it could be cool to have like a guest vocalist maybe to sing yeah. a song together with me. Who would you want? That, that, maybe Max. Max Cavalera. <laughs> Put that shout out on there. <laughs> Max would definitely do it. Okay, so when oh, I interviewed Max, I interviewed, okay, I interviewed Max the day the pandemic was announced, believe it or not. Like we're sitting there on his tour bus and, and we get like the, you know, CDC announces a pandemic or whatever it was, you know, it was in March 11th, I think. And he was wearing a neck rot shirt. As I was oh, interviewing, sure. and yeah, he, he was talking about how great you guys are, and I was like, "Hell yeah, this is this is great!" But it goes, it totally. goes like hand. <laughs> yeah, it would be sick to do a song um, where he comes in and does some guest vocals. That would be great. Chad, but you like, can't you know, be, you, Chad, it wouldn't you gotta... be, a, it wouldn't be on a record. I think it would be like you know, it would have to be something that is like his own, his own entity, his own little project. Yeah, like Necro, be... we're we're very focused on what we do and like you know, keep it like you know our standards and whatever. Yeah, we wouldn't I, get. I think it's interesting when hearing an artist talk about someone else outside of what they do to work with, and I think that just it just shows how how big their catalog could be when it comes to pairing up with somebody else who also plays music. You know, Chad, you, why are you quiet? Where's where, who? Are you, I think he's thinking who he wants, who he wants to collaborate with. <laughs> he's I was, I kind of. I don't. I don't know. I mean. We've we've toured with so many bands and and kind of collaborated that way, just you know, being on the road, all that stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool to go out with like Blood Incantation again, or you know, Emulation, yeah. or Morbid Angel, or Exhum. Like you know, any band that we've toured with and it was fun, I'd definitely collaborate that way again. But like, I don't know. As far as like you know, a song or an album, that that would take some more thinking, just because it's like it's got to be right. Got to do it right. It would gonna, have to be right. I was going to ask, you know, the final question was going to be five favorite albums you can think of at the top of your head. I feel like Chad's going to be on this for a while. <laughs> I can, no, I, I got okay. five. Is I got five. five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, five. Okay. Who wants okay. to go first? So go for it. Death, Leprosy. That was awesome. like the first death metal album I ever bought at my local record store. And like that definitely like kind of blew my mind. And then Bolt Thrower, Realm of Chaos, like great no. album that is a great album there's like no touch in that one that one's just it's so good um they i mean morbid angel altars of madness this is like it's a staple it's a standard yeah. that you can't can't touch that one um luca's holding back <laughs> uh, uh cannibal corpse tomb of the mutilated was like the first death metal album that kind of just was like that that changed a lot too that like I mean, hearing Hammer Smashed Face, like the drums just alone, kind of like that's what made me want to start playing like death metal drums. And then um, I think Nihilist's Drown demo, but like if we're talking about albums, I guess, you know, you, I could go with like any one of the Swedish albums. So I'd go with Grave, Into the Grave. That one, that one's a fucking classic. So those, are, uh, those would be my five. As of right now, I'm sure it'll change in like <laughs> ten <Right>. years, <laughs> ten minutes. Luca, I, I think I already know death. Oh wait, oh wait. 
Luca, you want to go next? I, I think I think no, one of your saying, albums. One, I think one of your no, no, albums. I'm, just, is, is, I'm is, making a joke. Like, oh wait, I got it. Oh, I got one more. I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's like definitely. Yeah, Death Human, Immolation, Down of Possession. Well, uh, Morbid Angel, Altars of Madness, Sepultura, Schizophrenia, and then the fifth one. It, it's 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 uh, it would have to be Boltrower. Goddammit, for sure. One of the Boltrower. This is hard though, man. Any it's so Boltrower, fucking good. I mean, I can't even pick. I think one. any Boltrower album for real can can take that spot. No fucking problem and own it. Yeah, definitely. Man, do you guys have any uh, last shout-outs you want to put in? Just any plugs, anything you want to mention as far as... Well, for us, it's like, you know, right now, we're like, you know, struggling a little bit. So it's like, and so it's like, if anybody can can, can afford to, to fucking get on our band camp and pre-order a record, that would help us a lot. That's, would, that, that's what I wanted they, to add. They would, just, I mean, they would just go to bandcamp.com and search. Yeah, and there, is the, there is the merch section on our bandcamp. That's where we put all our T-shirts, new merchandise, and, you know, the new record. We have tapes, CDs, LPs, different colors, whatnot. So it's like, you know, if you can't afford it, you know, we're all struggling. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah. poor us, whatever the fuck, you know, and you guys help us out. But like, if you can, you know what I mean? If, if before you wouldn't just listen to us on, on internet. If you can just, like, you know, buy the record this time around. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Also, you know, like, you know, sometimes people hold up. Like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'll buy it from the band when they come in town because they'll come around. And it's like, right now, it's like, shit, man. Yeah, we will come around. And who knows? I mean, <laughs> two to three years, like, you guys want to wait for live streaming? <laughs> Chad, anything you want to add? Um, I guess, yeah. If you can, you know, anywhere to support us would be awesome. Just go into necrot.bandcamp.com um shout out to sunny the other sunny i was gonna say because <laughs> i should have uh took out, took out my last name so it looks like lucas sunny and chad like we're all i know the right the whole band's here you uh, should have wore a hat and some shit. i should have done something like that i'm thinking like oh man so yeah i i guess yeah it's sunny wherever you are shout out sunny, bro. texas man sunny hey we uh, love some death we love some death metal what's up, sunny? We, we, we got a really good death that, i'm gonna use that as like my ringtone now in time right. <laughs> uh i want to shout out scotty tank crimes yeah fuck uh, you scotty for, for, yeah fuck you scotty <laughs> uh liz at ear split thank you yeah for liz is awesome i love liz yes Great. um she's why we're here else. uh <laughs> She's why I'm burial, here. Right? Blood she's your mom. She's, your mom? <laughs> she's uh, our mom. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> my mom. All right. All right, Chad. Well, this is getting... And thank you, Sonny, for having us. <laughs> thank you. Thank... And everyone who's listening, this is Chad and Luca and from Necron. And Sonny for the solos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to thank Sonny for the solos, man. That, that, that's why Sonny's here. I'm just going to say Solo Sonny chat. so they know it's Sonny. <laughs> and everyone who's listening, this is Necrot, you know, Luca and Chad. Their second album, Mortal, coming out August 28th on Tank Crimes. Please support these guys. They're going to be on the road as soon as you know. Once all this shit's over, they're going to rip your faces off. And I promise it's going to be everything you've ever wanted out of a live show. And you can listen to this podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, any major podcast app. Luca and Chad, thanks so much, guys. Please be safe out there. And uh, let's do another interview in person. Like, just... Just, just sure. for old time's sake, you know. Yeah. You, like, let's get the other Sunny in here, and then we'll do the. <laughs> we'll, meet, we'll meet like you guys. <laughs> we'll meet somewhere in between, right? In Kansas. <laughs> that, that works. <laughs> that works. <laughs>
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.